The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled, and why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I, myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. And he said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that was written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. He told them, This is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let me throw a big word towards you. A word that you can go home and impress your family and friends. The word is soteriology. When you go home from church today and somebody says, how was church? You can say, great, we discussed soteriology. And then see what happens. <laughs> soteriology is a word that comes from the Greek word for salvation. And it is the study of and doctrine of salvation. More specifically, what is salvation? And then, how does it apply to us? That second piece being particularly important for today, and how our um, lessons speak to that issue. You see, it's easy enough to say that Christ, in Christ, God became a human being and in the flesh died for our sins and rose to a new life, offering that life to us. That's simple and easy enough to say, but it still begs the question, well, how does what Jesus did transfer to me? How does something that somebody did 2,000 years ago, way far away, benefit me and make a difference in my life today? It is the answer to that second question that I think that we uh, need to 
spend some time contemplating today. Because there is an objective piece to salvation and how it applies to us, and there is a subjective piece as well. The objective piece, I've already stated. Peter talks about it in the Acts passage today. John alludes to it in his epistle. Jesus instructs his disciples about um, the, the, the message of the gospel and says, you are witnesses of these things. But it's another to have the confidence in that faith, to somehow know with such assurance that indeed we know that we have been touched by Christ and that our lives are different as a result of it. How does that piece of it happen, that subjective piece happen? And today, as one of the Sundays following Easter, offers an answer to that question, and I think a particularly important answer to that question. Because as the colic states, we pray to Jesus, who has made himself known in the breaking of the bread. The one who has made himself known in the breaking of the bread. Every year in our liturgical cycle, every year, the third Sunday of Easter is given over to the contemplation of how we find Christ within what we do every Sunday in the Eucharist. Because the fact of the matter is that Christ himself has left us with an important means by which we can know that that which was done 2,000 years ago by someone else way far away truly does mean something to me, truly does make a difference in my life. On the night before he died, Jesus left us with an action that he tied directly to what he was about to do in his death and in his resurrection. He made that connection. We don't make that connection. He made the connection when he said, this is my body, this is my blood. He offered to us a way to continue to participate in his action for us and on our behalf. That's what brings Paul to say, when we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. You see, when we eat the bread and drink the cup, by Jesus' own connection, we are taken directly to the cross where our salvation has been won. 
And as we take the bread and wine into ourselves, we take that work and the benefit of that work into ourselves as well. William Barclay, who wrote a very famous series of commentaries on all the books of the New Testament, very accessible to lay people, by the way, if you've never been um, uh, introduced to William Barclay's commentaries, they're still very, very good um, and, and you know, very relevant today. But in his commentary on 1 Corinthians, particularly the 10th chapter, he talks about how for both the Jewish people and even the pagan world, the way in which one participated in the sacrifice was by eating the sacrifice. Probably the best example of this is at the Passover, where the lamb is killed, the blood is put over the lintel, and the Lord passes over that household. While the people inside are partaking, literally, of the lamb for physical sustenance and also as a, an enduring sign of what God was about to do for them in their release from bondage in Egypt. So it is, he points out, that by leaving us this sacrament, by leaving us this means to access his own sacrifice for us, we are able to eat and drink and to know it in the most intimate kind of way. I mean, what could be more intimate than to take it into oneself physically? In that way, we begin to have Jesus dwelling in us, and then because of that indwelling, we find that we indwell in him. And there is a relationship established and which continues to be nourished week by week as we partake of his body and blood that does two marvelous things within our lives. The first thing it does is it makes us want to know him better. Isn't that true of all human friendships? <laughs> the more we get to know someone and the more we come to love them, the more we want to be part of their lives and we want them to be part of our lives and the more we want to know about that person. And as we grow in that faith, as we grow in that relationship with Christ, we find that questions like, well, how does the resurrection work? I mean, Jesus ate fish and told them to touch his body, and yet he didn't even have to open the door to leave. He just disappears. I mean, how does that work? All of those kinds of questions that come up from that developing relationship with Christ eventually get answered in the confidence of John in our epistle lesson today when he says, we don't know what we will be. But we do know this. 
when he comes, when he is revealed, we will be like him. And that will be enough. That will be enough assurance because we will, because we already have come to know him in this world with such intimacy, with such friendship, that we have no doubt that we shall be like him. So that's the first thing that happens. The second thing is we become more and more overjoyed at what we have experienced in Christ. We become more and more certain and assured and convinced that it is true. We want others to share in that joy and in that knowledge and in that experience. And so we share. We share out of the strength of that bond that we have with Jesus that others might know that something somebody did 2,000 years ago in a far-off land has everything to offer to them today and make that invitation to come and join us at the table of the Lord. Taste and see, the psalm says. Taste and see and know that it is true. This is the kind of assurance of faith that is offered to us, and it is offered by Christ himself when he instituted the Eucharist, tying it directly to his cross and resurrection on our behalf. So as we come to the table of the Lord today, let us come remembering that this is the means by which Jesus wants us to be a part of what he has done for us. And then let us go and share it that others might have it and know it as well. And that, my friends, is your lesson in soteriology for today. There will be a quiz next week.